we are so thankful that that somehow John is able to talk Brianna into coming to church with him, and we are just thrilled that she is here. And I, I don't give her credit as I should, and I wanted to just say thank you for being here. And um, you're always welcome here. And uh, we want great things to happen in our young people's lives. This thing is something that can touch our young people today. Amen. Brother John. Praise the Lord, everybody. It's good to be in church today. Been a little under the weather, but makes you appreciate when you're feeling good. And uh, God's good to me, you know. Sometimes you got to be sick to realize God's a healer. You got to be in need to realize that He's a provider. And I've experienced many of those things in my life, and God's never let me down. And uh, I love Him for that. Although I may not be always faithful, he is always faithful. Yes, sir. I believe he can do anything. That was a good lesson today. Never really thought of that that way. I kept, kept having to think I was being tricked at some point, but kind of find out I wasn't being tricked. So uh, I love being in church. I love listening to the Word of God. I'm looking forward to a good service today. We're going to invite God's presence into this place. And have the understanding that anything is possible with God. Yes, and if you have any need in this house today, it can be met by God today. All you got to do is raise your hands, give him some thanks, a little bit of love. And his spirit comes pouring out upon you. And all your problems seem to disappear. And that's the way God likes it. That's the way he likes it. Like the pastor said, he's a personable God. That he wants to have a relationship with you. And he wants to take care of you. And he is faithful and true. And I love him. Brother Isaac. You take up tithes and offering. We're going to worship today and sing unto the Lord. If you all stand, we'll give you some thanks and we'll participate in this service and sing. Sing unto the Lord. Worship and clap your hands. Invite the presence of God into this house today. We love you, God.
Praise the Lord. I'm singing them songs, you know. It's emotional living for God. Don't ever let anybody tell you you can't get emotional in church. Emotional thing, no. Singing those songs. Singing those songs, I was thinking about wife having a family, having a DNA test here a while back, and them thinking they were some kind of Native American, and come back it was Italian, and... 
Now my wife always thinks that's why she uses her hands all the time when she talks. And I just, you know, makes makes me ponder, you know. I wonder if I wonder if they look in my DNA. If everybody's wanting to find to see if they were somebody important. They never want to they never want to know if there was anything bad or all their relatives were in prison. They want to know if they were royalty of some kind. I wonder if that night when God filled me with the Holy Ghost, I wonder if it registered in my DNA that I'm a child of the king. I wonder if it shows up anywhere that man can see that I'm not who I used to be. I'm not who I used to be. I tell my kids that all the time. I, I wish I would have handled a lot of things different and had a lot more money than I did. But I'm, I'm as rich as a person can be. I'm as wealthy as anybody walking this planet because the wealth I have goes on and on and on and on and on. It's eternal wealth. It doesn't just disappear. I don't have to worry about where it's going to go or who's going to spend it because it's mine and it's forever. And uh, God's just so good. Living for God is so good. It's so good. It defies logic, this spiritual thing we have today. It's the greatest thing. Don't ever get complacent living for God. Don't ever be indifferent living for God. There's passion in living for God. You got to keep that burning. It'll keep you. You keep it, it keeps you. Brother Erickson, looking forward to hear today's word. Got a good pastor over here. He don't always treat me right, but he's good. I know he tends good. God bless you. Appreciate you, Brother John. I think he's saying that because of the way I led this, the uh, lesson this morning. I, I, um, well, we found out what the fruit was in the Garden of Eden. And I'm not going to say anything more because you should have been there. <laughs> we could be bought later if you want to know. <clears throat> but I kept, I kept leading them with leaders of questions that, you know, they can't know until I, until I give them the information I'm about to give them. And so they felt like I was entrapping them. They felt like I was, that uh, uh, the shoe was going to fall and they were going to be in trouble. But it really wasn't that way. <clears throat> Turning your attention this morning to the book of Matthew chapter 5. This is uh, what we call the Beatitudes. But I want to read it's about 13 through 20 here of Matthew 5. I think we'll have it on our screen here, yes. And uh, <clears throat> goes like this. Ye are the salt of the earth, but if the salt have lost his favor, savor, wherewith shall he be salted? It is henceforth good for nothing but to be cast out and to be trodden underfoot of men. Ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Think not that I am come to destroy the law or the prophets. I am not come to destroy, but to fulfill. For verily I say unto you, till heaven and earth pass, one jot or one tittle shall in no wise pass from the law, till all be fulfilled. 
Whosoever, therefore, shall break one of these least commandments and shall teach men so, he shall be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. But whosoever shall do and teach them, the same shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I say unto you that except your righteousness shall exceed the righteousness of the Pharisees, of the scribes and Pharisees, ye shall in no case enter into the kingdom of heaven. <clears throat> we like to take the Beatitudes as a whole and talk about each line by line, but I want to give you a, a view today. I'm preaching on simply, <clears throat> I came not to destroy the law, but to fulfill it. <clears throat> Pardon me. And let's just ask the Lord to bless this morning. Lord, I thank you for your word. I ask today that your anointing would be upon the word of God. It would be upon our hearts to receive the word. Lord, that you would give us, uh, Lord, action. Give us direction. Help us, Lord, to be able to take this and, and let it be a help and a blessing. Let it truly be food for those who are hungry. Lord, let it be available for those who will seek you today. I pray that you bless each and every one. And we ask it in Jesus' great name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. This is really early on in Jesus' ministry that he had this time before all this host of people. He was here before the people, before the scribes and the Pharisees. Uh, it was a mixed crowd, in other words. And they had all come to hear Jesus, this one they heard so much about. And uh, they came, some expected and some trying to find uh, something to, you know, get him on. Um, but Jesus had a mission this day. And his mission was to, to change Israel's confidence from the way that they thought they were obeying God's law to the need of having the living word active and in their life. This is a vast contrast between the Old and the New Testament. This is where the rubber meets the road. This is the dividing line of what the Old Testament represented. Old Israel was carnal. All the rules were to guide a human being on how to obey. It was just like our civil law is today, telling us how fast you could speed in Chelsea and when you go over, what the penalty will be, how, uh, what you can do, what, uh, what your yard has to look like, what, how many you know, cars, how many uh, you know, cars without wheels can be in the yard and you know, so on and so forth. They have all these rules in order to maintain the integrity of the community. Well, that's what God did. The Bible said that the law was to bring us to Christ. Why does it say that? Because it was the rules, the guidelines to keep Israel from becoming wacko and going off in their own direction. So it really comes down to a matter of the old law versus the new man. How was the Lord going to introduce a new lifestyle, a new attitude, a new way about living. 
He didn't come to condemn the old. He didn't come to say, all these years you have been fruitless and you've been worthless and, and you've got you no farther than you are today. No, he said, Jesus himself said, I came to fulfill the law. He wasn't being despairing, disparaging on the, on the law of God. He was saying, I need, to, I need to give you another link to this. I need to give you a greater understanding. I need to show you God's will for your life. Having declared the, the meaning of true righteousness, the Lord then explained the meaning of sin. He pointed out that he was not abandoning or nullifying the law, but fulfilling it. The Old Testament law dealt only with outward actions. The Old Covenant was external. But in the kingdom, the New Testament, we must be aware of sinful inward attitudes. The, Jesus said, the Old Testament said, thou shalt not murder, but I say unto thee. If it's in his heart, he's already committed murder. Don't have sexual relationships outside of marriage. But I say unto you, if a man even looks upon a woman, these rules, as Jesus said them, they, the, the people must have looked at him and said, how, how? On my best day, I try to obey the law. I try to do good. I try to obey. I try to go to church. I try to give my tithes. I try to do all the, all the stuff that's required of me. But when they heard Jesus start talking about inward attitudes, they said, Whoa. How can these things be? And of course, Jesus, though the Beatitudes never once speak of the Holy Spirit or Holy Ghost, this is exactly what he's referring to, that the only way that we would ever be able to live for God and fulfill the law of God in our lives would be through Christ in you, the hope of glory. Just giving you some groundwork here. Just bear with me a, a moment longer. <clears throat> Jesus fulfilled the law in his life, for no one could accuse him of sin. And he fulfilled the law in his death and his resurrection, for everything was according to the law. God's people do not obey him because of outward restraints. That's what Israel had to learn. It wasn't a mean God waiting for you to mess up. Boom! I'm going to get you. You better be watching over your shoulder for that zap of lightning. And that's what Old Testament Israel was. They, they operated based on guilt. They operated on shame. They, they, they did things because they didn't even want to get caught. It was a controlling thing that, that guilt and shame and conscience was all there and, and it made them, uh, and they knew what the law said and, and, and they lived out their lives. They eked out their lives to the best that they could. No, it's not going to be outward restraint. But Jesus came to tell them it would only be by an inward life powered by the Spirit of God. What a difference between the law of the old and the new man 
that God had a plan to have. See, while the Holy Ghost isn't mentioned in the Sermon on the Mount, it's clear that we can't, we cannot practice these things without his help. Mercy. Certainly the crowd that they heard the Lord's description of the kind of person God blesses, and they must have said to themselves, but we could never attain to that kind of character. We, we could never be righteous like that on our best day. Where, how can these poss- things possibly be? And he had them in consternation. He had them in question that day. They wondered how his teaching could possibly be related to what they had been taught all these years. For it seemed so different from the, from the Pharisees, from the teaching of the doctrine that they would teach in the temple. What about Moses and the law? What about the commandments? What about these things? And, and Jesus by the things he's teaching, is, is fulfilling every one of them. The Pharisees, you see, defended the law and sought to obey it. But Jesus said that the true righteousness that pleases our Heavenly Father had to exceed the righteousness of the Pharisees and the scribes. Wow, that must have been the killer right there. That must have been the end of the conversation. I know, you know, Mr. Pharisee so-and-so, man, he's lived such a beautiful life, such an example to our community, so impressive. And Jesus just shot him down and said, we're going to have to live even better than he does. Can you imagine what was going on in that crowd that day? First, the people were in awe and wonder, how can these things be? How can we ever accomplish this? But also there were those, the Sadducees and the Pharisees, who, who were getting kind of, you know, pricked in their lives. If I do wrong, they said in their own hearts, I, I do it on the sly. No one saw me. But now he's saying it, it's, it's an inward thing. How? Not a chance. This guy's a fake. He's a flake. He can't be true. How could anybody uh, think that anyone's going to live like that? We've had thousands of years of the law. How are we ever going to think we're going to change and be better than the law? And now Jesus says he's fulfilling the law. The common people must have looked at those scribes and Pharisees the holiest men that they knew of, that they honored, that they represented in the community. They must have looked at them, all that they have attained, and hear Jesus say, not enough, not good enough, not what I'm talking about. Oh, they must have been waiting with bated breath that day as they waited for the Lord. Please give us more info. Jesus explained his own thinking about, his own attitude about the law by describing these possible relationships 
we can seek to destroy the law. We can try to keep the law and fail. Or we can be moved into this realm that God has prepared for those who believe in him. That we could have and become a new man in Christ Jesus. Behold, old things are passed away. Wouldn't it be nice to think about dying, and, and I, I mean this in such a way that we understand we could perceive our life after, to be able to think that everything I've done in my past is gone. That truly is forgiveness, isn't it? The Pharisees thought that Jesus was doing this. He, they thought that he was destroying the law. The Pharisees were, were rattled and mad because they thought he was he was telling the people all these years that the law was unimportant. You could go another direction, another doctrine. But Jesus, no, no, no. He spoke to them. He said, you see, Jesus, instead of teaching from, from authorities, plural, as did the scribes and the Pharisees, Jesus taught with authority. <laughs> What a difference. Not only was it his authority, but it was also his lifestyle, his activity, his motive, his desire, his purpose that we see the law fulfilled. That he would deliberately heal people on the Sabbath day, paid some to go wacko, those Pharisees and scribes were rattled when, when Jesus was somehow questioning their traditions. And that's the issue, is that the Jewish nation had become leadership of Pharisees and Sadducees who taught the people, you don't need to know the word, you need to know the traditions. Here's something to rattle your, your, your cage today. Just to get you thinking. Not, not, not stomping anyone's toes. I'm just asking you to think about this. Whenever we do something is under the Lord, because someone made us, we were manipulated, we were forced, or another, another reason why we do it, because that we think that this makes me better than someone else. That's all built around the traditions of the old Pharisees. That's how they ran. They operated in the community saying, look at me. I am the optimum. I am the elite. I am closer to God than you are. But Jesus came to say that's nothing more than slander. That's garbage. We have all sinned and come short of the glory of God. There's none righteous, no, not one. And so Jesus had to do away with their traditions in order to get people to go back to the Word. And that's what I want to preach to you about today. We've got to bring people to our community, uh, people on our job and people where we live and our family members, uh, not to look at well, what we do because we're Pentecostal, but we've got to move them to what it means to draw closer to God. What it means, oh, I want to go up to someone and I want to say, oh, Jacob, I'm on my job with Jacob right now. And I say, I, I, 
Listen, I'm nobody, but I want to tell you, when I found a scripture that said that I could be separated under God and away from things in the world that are wrong, it lit my fire. I became excited when I went to church and I found out that God would forgive me and I could live a life that was victorious. And Jacob isn't going to find fault in me. He's not going to say, you think you're Mr. Holy. You think you're better than I am. No, I've done away with the traditions of Pentecost. I want you to do what you do because you want to draw closer to God. I want you to live your life today not because other churches are looking at us. Listen, I don't mean to be offensive, but that doesn't matter. What matters is that we have in our heart today that we want Jesus Christ and we want to be led of the Spirit. Now, am I saying, therefore, that nothing matters? Oh, no, no. I, we have plenty of scripture to talk about a lot of different topics. I want to be a man today because God made me a man. I hope that doesn't go too far out into the Internet world. Because <laughs> I'm not trying to be divisive when I said that. I'm talking about me. I want to be all that God wants me to be. I'm not better than anyone. It's, I don't have the, you know, the, the premier sex. I, nothing, nothing, nothing. I just want, I just realized today, Brother Denny, it's in my heart to live for God. And I understand what Jesus was doing here. He was, he was drawing a, a clear picture that all that the Pharisees had ever said was a bunch of uh, stuff to get them to hear. But now they had an opportunity to believe a message of hope, to believe the real truth of the Word of God, to grab hold of something that would save their souls. It was a good news. It was a good news. Why do we call the gospel the good news? Because led us away from the traditions of men and brought us into a realm where we could live for God with our whole heart, not just rules. Is this making sense? Jesus saw that all that they knew about God, all that they did as unto the Lord, had this crust on the outside of it. It was non-edible. It was nasty. It smelled like sulfur. Maybe I don't know. That, that may be my creative mind just then. It, it was it was foul. It hurt those young people who wanted who wanted to know more about God. Well, when I get out from under my parents, I'm going to go to a church that I don't have to do that. No, that's, not why, that's not what the kind of church we want to have. What we want them to say is, I want the same God that my mom and dad have. That's what we want. Does that make sense? And I'm not, being, I'm not saying our United Pentecostal Church is wrong. We have standards, and there are some very healthy ones. And if you ever want to discuss them, I'd be happy to, but I probably won't do it over the pulpit. I may do some lessons later on, but I mean, that's not, I just, in the Holy Ghost, that's not where I felt like I need to go right now. And I, I am confident today. I just want you to have freedom to give your all to God. 
not to have to question and wonder if you're doing it for the wrong motive. Am I doing it just so I don't get caught? Am I doing it just so that I please my other friends? Am I doing it just so I'm like Aunt, you know, Josephine? No offense, but you can't live for God that way. It's going to have to be your God, not somebody else's. America has come to the realization today. Now our kids are vaping. Some, and we're, they're doing everything they can to kind of put the kibosh on that. But let me tell you something. What they have found is it's not just a goofball that's doing it, but it's the secondhand smoke that's affecting so many people. They're starting to think in America that, that there are more results of cancer and, and foul things in our bodies because of secondhand smoke and not firsthand. What do I mean? I mean, I'm not talking about the goofball who's smoking it. I'm talking about all the ones who have to breathe it around them. And I don't want secondhand spirituality either. I don't want to be a fake today. I don't, I don't want to just get by because the rule says, America says. That's not what my intention is. I want to get in the book. I want to find out what the Word of God says. I want to love God because the Bible says, in the day that you seek for me with your whole heart, you shall find me. James 4 and 8, draw nigh unto God. And he will draw nigh unto you. You know, that church is a little cold. If it's cold, it's because you missed the message. The message is that this is United Pentecostal Church International, and this is where you have to go if you have any connection with them. No, there are people that drive by this church and go elsewhere. And we understand that. It's, it's going to happen. Listen, I'm going to try to get people to come from Claremore. <laughs> Sorry, Brother Cheryl. <laughs> I'm not saying that, that Brother Cheryl's church is a wonderful church, but we try to win people that we connect with. That's why you can't just say, bless God, there needs to be a church in Chelsea, Oklahoma, so that all those in Chelsea can be saved. Well, in one respect, it's true we want to have a place here where they can come and know God. But it doesn't mean that we have some sort of a contract. <laughs> you have to go here. <laughs> Bless God, you're mine. <laughs> so I'm really hitting you with a shotgun today. But my message is, is hopefully clear. Those Pharisees thought they had things wrapped up because they'd come up with a lifestyle, a way to handle themselves where they appeared, they looked the part. But Jesus came in purposely to say, it's not just outward, but this thing is inward. And you're going to have to, you're going to, have to not live your life based on trying to get by. You're going to have to live your life trying to get in. Pretty simple message, I know. After that incredible Sunday school art. Snack chat lesson. God wants you and I 
to see what we've got in our hand. This is the pearl of great price. It's not our traditions. It's not, tell me about your five generations. I'm not, not, I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying that's not the message that saves people. Thank God for every step you've made, and, and you could be a great witness as long as you're not making someone else do it because you are. But instead, bring them to Jesus. Instead, show them what the Word of God says. And, and don't bring it to them to, to judge them. Bring it to them to say, man, when I saw this verse and it was taught to me, it did something in my life. That, and that's the testimony. That's the witness God wants you to have. It's not that we could be somehow tape recorders that, that spill back what we've heard in, over the pulpit. But it's a life for God. It's living for him. It's his passion that we want to know him. And the power of his resurrection, the fellowship of his suffering. Would you stand with me? So I'm not advocating you stop any of our standards we have. Please don't misread me. I just want you to do it for the right reason. Whatever, whatever affects you in that, in that statement, I just want you to do it because it's, it's honorable when we do it as unto the Lord. I want our young people to know today that there is an avenue to Jesus Christ where he comes inside of you that is rewarding. It's, the Bible calls it joy unspeakable and full of glory. The apostles promoted it. If you ever read your New Testament through and look for all the rules the apostle Paul had, you'll find that they are very limited to just simply keeping everything going in the right direction. Because we aren't in this to tell you you have to do this, this, and this. If you have a question about why we do something, that's a fair question. But you should let me sit down with you and look at the scripture and not just judge it. I don't want you to leave here today and say, I don't have to anymore. That's not right thinking. Jesus fulfilled the law. He didn't advocate it. He didn't do away with it. But did away with it with the power that dwelt in him. He lived for God. He was the man, Christ Jesus. And today, we're not trying to make ourselves equal with God. We simply are trying to be a vessel that God can use. But he wants us to be involved. He wants us to be active. And part of that activity we have today is that we do things unto the Lord because we love God. Don't do away with that today in your life. Don't allow the do's and don'ts to overwhelm. It's my desire. I'm happy to. It's my good pleasure. So, what's the outcome of this message today? 
not to change us and say you don't have to do this or that. But the outcome of the message is to say what Jesus was trying to tell those people. Quit looking back on what you used to think was the pinnacle of Pentecost. Miss Acts 2.38. Miss Mr. raise up your hands. Why don't you talk to Jesus for just a moment today. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness and your mercy in our lives. Thank you, Jesus, so much. Oh, you have heard and have been said, thou shalt not. But I say unto you, oh, that's an open door for us to say, God, I can't do it on my own. I can't do it, Lord, by myself. But today, Lord, if you'll work through me, Anything is possible with God. That's what Brother John told us this morning. All things are possible with him. Amen. There's nothing too hard for our God. Amen. Ask and it shall be given. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and the door shall be opened unto you. Amen. Thank the Lord. I don't do things today. Oh, I probably started because of what my brother taught me. Yeah, when he first witnessed to me, I did what he did. But there came a day through the process, God allowed me to begin to do things because I love him. Because I love him. Because I want to please him. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, that's it. Just reach out to him for just a moment longer. Amen. Thank you, Lord. love you today, Jesus. Teach us your ways. Draw us closer and closer to your word. Oh, Lord, let us go to the good book 
Let us seek the Lord for answers in our daily lives. Don't let us be satisfied only with yesteryear. But, oh God, let us hunger and thirst for you today. Let us have a living uh, sacrifice. Let us offer ourselves up that God could do great things. Lord, let it be the calf of my lips that I worship him today because I love him and I want to serve him. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. God bless you. This is what's going to make a difference in our community. It's a change of how or why we do things. We could be just another church organization, or we could be a church that is seeking for God. Asbury, Kansas, who knows what brought on those two young people staying after class and seeking God. But somehow God honored what they were doing. And things began to happen. You have to commend them for not allowing known names to come in and take over. They simply wanted to keep it simple and let God work and move. Let God speak to them. That's not doing away with leadership. That's simply letting the Holy Ghost minister and move. I believe that God will always put a man of God in your life because that's part of where the word comes from to us. But we need today the working of His Spirit in our lives. It's very important. God bless you. Have a wonderful day. Uh, See you Wednesday for Bible study, okay? And then Friday night will be our prayer meeting and we'll look forward to that. And have a wonderful week. If we can do anything for you, just holler. Uh, you want to sign the roster roll, uh, maybe Elaine can get us into the office and get that. Uh, be happy to have you do that. Thank you.